Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another segment of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first, let's give a shout out to our podcast partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and We Coach. These are four great organizations. You should really add them to your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for about four minutes. Listen to our sponsorship shout outs. Uh, these are all companies that I have used as a coach or an AD. You should use them too. So here we go. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association information management platform of the Educational AD Podcast. Home Campus is also your one stop platform for scheduling for student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and for state association connecting, along with so much more. As an athletic director, I used home campus every day, and I loved it, our coaches loved it, and our parents loved it. The home campus team was also outstanding to work with, and they will do the same thing for you. Go to home-campus.com to get signed up. That's home-campus.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com. See how athletic directors are creating world-class content for their school's social media channel. Mention the podcast and you'll get a big discount. That's Gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school. And they provided our teams, our coaches, our athletes with the tools they needed to perform at their very best level. It was a complete professional grade solution. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms, particularly SnapRaise, their fundraising platform. Uh, we used it at our school with tremendous success, and they've helped schools just like ours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Go to snapraise.com. Start raising money today. That's snapraise.com. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their tables and their boards in action. Sidelineinteractive.com products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Check out Hometown Ticketing at hometownticketing.com. They're the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to Hometown, and they're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets online for all your events. Not just athletic events, but things like school dances, school plays, concerts, even graduation. And the best part, every step of the way, Hometown's going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager to give you hands-on support every step of the way. 
Go to hometownticketing.com and get started. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to District 1. Go to district1.com for a better uniform experience. That's district followed by W-O-N. You're going to feel like you've won because District 1 offers you fully custom premium uniforms uh, with on-time delivery in 20 business days or less. And you can also order one-at-a-time replacements, so you never need to replace a full set of uniforms when you only need to order one or two. Stop dealing with late deliveries and go to district1.com. Once again, that's W-O-N on the back end. Click the Team Gear button for your free quote at district1.com. We want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Vital Signs uh, is a great way to show your school's diverse history, celebrate your proudest moments, and acknowledge your top role models in athletics, academics, and the arts. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products. And when you're ready to buy, mention the podcast and you'll get a nice discount. vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check them out today. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors usually only hear about the complaints, the 2% that want to gripe. But Athletic Surveys will connect you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to that squeaky wheel parent or your principal or your school board. So go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them show you how they can create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. If you ever want to go to Vegas, we're going there today. Uh, we're going to be visiting with Tim Jackson. Tim is a certified master athletic administrator, and he's the director of athletics for Clark County Schools. That's in the Vegas area. Uh, Tim, uh, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Well, we've talked about having this uh, for a while, so I'm glad we could squeeze it in. For our listeners, we're recording this on May 22nd, actually the last day of school for uh, Tim and his district. Uh, so it's going to be pretty timely by the time you're listening to it. So, Tim, let's go and jump right in. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio where you were born, um, you know, take us up maybe through the high school and college years, and then we'll take our first break. But what's the Tim Jackson origin story? Well, thank you for the opportunity. Looking forward to it. Being it's a Monday and uh, last day of school, uh, I have a feeling our attendance rates are going to be a little low today. Um, luckily, we're done with the season, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, Tim Jackson. Tim Jackson was born in Ohio, born and raised in a small uh, industrial town that uh, saw its fair share of uh, ups and downs. At an early age, athletics was uh, part of my life. I can't remember it not participating in athletics. It was a community-based uh, organization for sure. Uh, attended Bowling Green State University, where I am proud to say I was a walk-on for the football team that walked off after one practice. 
Uh, and I think that one incident right there really was a defining moment in my life that explained to me in no uncertain terms what my my trajectory was in athletics. After graduating Bowling Green State University, uh, moved to Texas, uh, lived in Waco, uh, coached football at University High, and uh, was a middle school football coach for a year, did football, basketball, and track, three sport uh, athletes, three sport coach. Uh, on a vacation out in Las Vegas, found out that the district I was working at in Waco was in some financial crisis, and my lovely wife opened a phone book up in a hotel room in Las Vegas and said, look, they have a school district out here. And um, the rest is history. We moved out here. Uh, we were married, uh, started our family. I uh, started at a middle school, but my heart was drawn to the high school level. I coached uh, three sports uh, once again, football, basketball, and uh, track. And then when I moved to the high school level, it was just football and basketball. Uh, eventually, my uh, daughter was born, and the draw to Ohio was great from the from the um, from the parents. And we moved back to Ohio, where I was the athletic director slash athletic administrator at a school, and then became a principal. Uh, heart was not in being a principal. I missed the kids. I wanted to be with the kids more than anything. So I moved back to this uh, realm, came back to Las Vegas as an athletic administrator, worked at Durango High School for 13 years, school I first started coaching at. Uh, truly loved it there. It was a great school. Uh, my heart will always bleed the purple and gold for Durango. Uh, then the opportunity arose to administrative ranks to become the director of athletics for the Clark County School District. Uh, in that role, I uh, supervise the 36 high schools of uh, Clark County. We are a county system, so it is Las Vegas, Boulder City, Moapa Valley, just a very large area. We have a little over 330,000 students in our district, um, but we also work with the county in that uh, the NIAA, our state organization, we represent some members of the county down here. So in all, uh, we schedule and uh, facilitate athletics for about 60 high schools, all total, uh, out of our office. I have an incredible staff of one, and she's an amazing assistant named Vicki, and without her, we wouldn't be here. Um, that is basically the Tim Jackson story in a nutshell. I can go into any more details you want, but it's really not that exciting. Oh, absolutely is exciting. I, I was I was on the edge of my seat. Um, want to go back to that three-sport experience. Uh, again, you're a little bit younger than I am, but, you know, back in the day, that's really what we all did, you know, at least two sports and many times three, how, what are some experiences from your, you know, high school experience and early coaching experience that you see, you continue to see played out now as an administrator, that the importance of that three sport background. Well, I will tell you that the three sport athlete to me is the epitome of what we're working towards. Um, in Clark County next year, we are starting a, a district-wide recognition program for our multi-sport athletes. Uh, much like the varsity letter that the school gives, we're giving a district patch to kids that identifies them on their arm as a multi-sport athlete. Uh, it's that important. Uh, where I grew up, um, I was a football player. I'm not going to lie. That was my, my first love, and, and it will always be my first love. But I was a pretty good basketball player, and I was a mediocre runner. Uh, I was not good. I had two speeds, slow and stop when it came to track. But at the same time, building my understanding of athletics today on that basis back there, that that pyramid, if you will, my pyramid to, to where I'm at today in my career, 
I realized that you didn't have to be good in every single sport. You could participate in every single sport, enjoy it, and learn a lot of life lessons. Failure is a life lesson. You must learn how to win. You must learn how to lose. And I think we've lost that a lot. Um, the the trophy for participation, the uh, win at all costs mentality of too many of our coaches, uh, the parents that believe uh, I have to focus my child into one. No, 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 you don't need to do any of that. Let your child go and explore. Um, my daughter, this this dovetails nicely. My daughter had a requirement placed on her from our family. We didn't care what you participated in, but you were going to try something every time, much like food. You don't know if you like it or not until you taste it. Go have a taste. So my daughter did the three sports in middle school. And when she was in high school, she kind of geared herself to the two that she enjoyed and one activity, which was student council. So her participation in those three sports in the middle school guided her to positions that are now impacting her greatly. She is um, using those skills she learned much like I did through failure, through trial, you learn so much more than you'll ever learn by just spending time in one sport, doing one thing, repetitive. Because as we all know, when you become repetitive, you become boring. And when you are not the best, you strive to be better. And I think that's what I learned. And that's what we instilled in our daughter. And I, I believe it's it's benefiting her today in her career. She, she utilizes the tools she learned in soccer, the tools she learned in basketball, and the tools she learned in student council because she had a little bit from everyone. She wasn't successful in all three. She was a pretty good soccer player. She was a basketball player, but she was a great student leader. And I think that's what I see reflective of what I picked up in my small town. I was a good football player. I was a pretty good basketball player and I was a terrible track kid, but I learned how to do those things and, and, they, and they made a difference in my life. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, and you talked about initially, you talked about how the parents, you know, they don't want to see their kids fail. And, you know, you and I know that, you know, that's where the growth occurs in all levels, sports, uh, leadership, et cetera. Uh, that's what coaches do. You know, they help kids, you know, strive and recover from those failures. You know, great, great stuff. Thanks for sharing that. For listeners, uh, our guest today is Tim Jackson. He's a certified master athletic administrator. And he's the director of athletics for the Clark County School District in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to take our first break, but we're going to be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association uh, information management platform for the Educational AD Podcast. And Home Campus is also your one-stop platform for scheduling, for student-athlete eligibility and compliance, state association connections, and so much more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day. And I loved it. Well, parents and coaches loved it, too. And the Home Campus team was just outstanding to work with, and they'll do the same great job for you. For more information, go to home-campus.com to get signed up. That's home-campus.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. See how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channel. If you mention the podcast, you're going to get a nice discount. 
kids are on social media today. And if your uh, social media content is not uh, strong, you're really missing out on a great opportunity to connect. So go to, go to Gipper.com, start creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Tim Jackson from the Clark County School District in Nevada. Tim, uh, we always like to let our guests give a shout out to some of the mentors that they've had. None of us get to where we're at on our own. So who are some of the people that have helped you along the way? Well, that's a, that's a list of people that deserve a, an award. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I would say going back, I'm going to go back to high school. We're going to start in the high school. Um, Carol LaForge was a uh, English teacher where I attended high school, Foster High School. And um, it was a 10th grade English. And I became an English teacher in part because of this lady right now, about this, this one occurrence that occurred <laughs> this one day that impacted me so greatly. Um, my best friend and I were, for lack of better terms, we were the epitome of ADHD kids. Uh, we were bouncing off walls constantly. We just needed focus. And the only time we focused was on the athletic field. And people knew that. There, it was a small town. They knew who we were. They knew what we did. And in our class rankings, I will tell you that my best friend and I were ranked probably third and fourth in our class. Um, a little over 200 kids, probably. Uh, we were pretty good. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I want to toot it a little bit on that one. And it goes into what happened. We walked into class one day and Miss LaForge pulled us aside and she said, gentlemen, you guys run this class. There's no doubt about it. People follow your lead. But do you understand that it's OK for an athlete to be smart? There's no such thing as a dumb jock. She goes, I married a college guy. He was an athlete. I was an athlete. There's no such thing. And it was very impactful at that moment. I realized you don't have to be the dumb jock. You can be the smart guy in the room and play athletics and participate and do all that stuff. And then I got to embrace something that I had hidden for years that I didn't want anybody to know. And that was, and I was an epic nerd. I loved comic books. I loved Legos. I loved video games. I loved everything that would put me out of the athletic norm and into a whole different group that I was afraid that if they knew that, I would lose my, my credibility. I embraced it on that very day and decided it was okay to be a great athlete and really, really smart. And so did my best friend. And on that day, we, we, we soared. We soared to level. We, we, we pulled the books out of our backpack that we were hiding, that we didn't want people to know we read. We, we, we started doing well in math because we didn't want people to know we knew what to do. We, we, we had played this role that we had created off of what we thought was right. And that one moment right there changed my life. Uh, I was going down a path. I can tell you, I wouldn't be sitting here today. Uh, you would probably be talking to me behind a screen. I always joke, it may have been plexiglass, but I think she changed my life. She saved me from that day. Um, and, and there's no doubt about it. So that's the first big mentor I had. My second mentor was my high school football coach. Yeah, same thing. Once he heard that we had embraced it, he he started to show a little bit more interest in us and like, like guys, come on, you you can lead this team and lead this program. Um, Dr. Richard Kidwell was his name. And um, a few years back, they they dedicated the football field to him and they named it the, the, the football field after uh, Coach Kidwell. Uh, I hadn't been back to my hometown in years. 
uh, I, I kind of made a break and, and have gone off on my own path. Uh, there was no question in my mind I had to go, and I did. And sitting there with him, listening to him talk as we, we watched the game together uh, in the rain, under a tarp, we just talked about football and life, and, and he still impacts me greatly. I, I often uh, reference back the things he told me and taught me that I tell other people. Um, moving forward in a more uh, localized term, um, Larry McKay, uh, Mr. McKay, and I still call him Mr. McKay to this day, was the athletic administrator at Durango High School when I was a teacher and a coach. And I wanted to be Larry. I wanted to be Mr. McKay. I wanted to be the guy standing. I joke, there's a dot in the gym at Durango on the floor where he stood. And I always thought that was like spot. And I wanted to stand in that spot. And eventually I became the athletic administrator. I became Mr. McKay in an essence. And I stood in that spot and I learned why that spot existed. It didn't exist for any uh, hierarchical reasons. It was exactly four feet off the baseline, far, 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 than, far enough away from the bench that a parent didn't feel comfortable coming on the court to talk to you. <laughs> they would leave you alone during the game, but you could watch the game perfectly from that position. And But I learned so much more from Mr. McKay besides where to stand at the gym. I learned how to talk to coaches, evaluate coaches. Um, reach in for that, the deeper meaning of, of athletics to them. He, he, he impacted me greatly. Um, then Mr. McKay became the director of athletics for the Clark County School District. And he was wonderful there because then it was overarching through the whole program. And I determined uh, 13 years later, I wanted to be Mr. McKay again. And it took, it took time, it took development, it took NIAAA courses, it took educational uh, pathways that I hadn't anticipated. Uh, but I'm sitting in the exact same office as Mr. McKay. Uh, now, someday I might retire, and hopefully I do. And he's living in uh, Southern California now, and who knows, maybe I'll follow him there. But I've often credited credited Mr. McKay with guiding my, my, my career path and just doing it through mentorship that he probably didn't even know he was doing because I don't think he treated me any differently than any other coach. The expectations that he placed upon us as coaches really impacted me greatly. Uh, he's a, a wonderful official, but more importantly, he's a wonderful mentor that I can reach out to with any question I have at any time. And he answers it. And I know it comes from a place of knowledge and a place of what is good for kids. And, and I think he's really impacted me in those. So those are probably the three greatest mentors I had outside of obviously my parents, my wife, and my daughter, who my daughter, I'll be honest with you, is probably my greatest mentor I have if she looks at me with that dad look tilting her head to this I know I've got to reevaluate I've often said she would love to put a bubble over my head for when I say things and point to it because she'll often say dad did you really mean to say it that way and I'll be like you know what you're right and and so I'm, I'm gonna give my daughter a shout out she's a great mentor to me she's wise beyond her years you know, again, I always love to hear these stories, and I love it that you still have a relationship with many of your mentors. I'm going to put you on the spot, though. Uh, can you give us an example of an instance where your daughter served as mentor? Uh, anything jump to mind? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Las Vegas, we are a very large metropolitan area of a little over 2 million people. And there are two major routes 
in Las Vegas. Uh, for some of you, you may be hearing this for the first time. We don't all live on Las Vegas Boulevard. We don't live on the Strip. The Strip divides the city directly in half. And there is a beltway around the outer part of the city. And then there is a, a, a system of roads around the inner part. And I call those two the inner donut and the outer donut. The outer donut is your suburban schools. Uh, your inner donut are your more urban schools. Um, the problems facing the outer donut are different than the inner donut and the inner donut or the outer donut. Um, there was a situation where an inner donut school had a violation, a, rec, a rule, they broke a rule, they, they, yada, yada, yada. You understand what I'm talking about without going into great detail. And I sat down at the dinner table and I was working on my computer and I was just very frustrated. Like, how could this have happened? They should have paid attention. Da, 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 da. And my daughter said, dad, stop. Sometimes the inner donut kid needs you more than you need the inner donut. And I went, oh my gosh. I looked at her and I was like, holy cow. Are you kidding me? And she goes, dad, you've always said, don't fight the fight you can win. Fight the fight that needs fought. Fight for that kid at that table that didn't know. And I went, oh. she goes, and I looked at her and I thought, you know what? You're right. And then she looked at me and she said, and this is the point that got me. She looked at me and she said, because they may not have anybody sitting at their table like you. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, go away, go back to college. <laughs> like, no. And she was right. She was 100% right. And uh, I fought the fight. And I'm telling you what, we're still fighting the fight for that school. And we will fight the fight for that school. And they did need us to fight for them. And the easy thing to do would have been to cast it aside and just say, oh, moving on. But it, that was a great moment from her. And, you know, every now and then she, she'll she throw out her pearl of wisdom without a doubt. But that's probably one that's that's recent. That I'm going to be honest with you, that was probably six months ago. And I can go back to when she was in the seventh grade. She said things that were just just as profound and just as poignant. Yeah, well, again, spot on. Great advice, uh, you know, from uh, someone so young. But uh, sometimes they've got that lens. They can see those things that, uh, you know, in our position, we can't see. Thanks so much for sharing that. That's really cool. For our listeners, uh, once again, our guest today is Tim Jackson. He's a certified master athletic administrator. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thank you to Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that they provided to help our teams, uh, to help our coaches and our athletes play at their highest level. Huddle gave us a complete professional grade solution to the challenges we were looking at. Go to huddle.com and see why we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users and find out how to turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. There's Snap Manage, Snap Store, Snap Connect, and of course, there's Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We used it at our school with great success, and you'll love it too. They've helped schools just like ours 
raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anyone else offers that. Go to snapraise.com. Check it out today. That's snapraise.com. You know, Jake, I just heard you mention Huddle. I, I think it's interesting to note that the Clark County School District just recently uh, worked with Huddle, where all of our schools have access to Huddle now. Uh, we're a rather large district, uh, fifth largest in the nation. We all use Huddle. Uh, it's one of our uh, one of our primary providers, and it's been very successful. And our coaches were very happy that we were able to get a contract in place, or uh, I shouldn't say contract, uh, an agreement in place where our schools have the access to use Huddle. It's been great for our schools. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Tim. And, and again, as uh, as a football coach, I knew all about Huddle, but uh, uh, I was so pleased that our other coaches at my school, you know, our volleyball coaches, the basketball coaches, soccer coaches, they all just loved it, how easy it was to use, the programmability of the, the cameras. Uh, it, it just great. Thanks for giving that shout out. Um, Tim, we get a lot of uh, young ADs, some newer ADs that listen. And I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that, you know, many of us take, you and I certainly, um, with the NIAAA. So share, if you can, how you got involved with your state association and um, talk about your NIAAA experience, if you can. Sure. Um, I will tell you, my experience with the state association all began as a coach. Um, uh, I was a coach and, and you, you live in that island on that island where you think everything revolves around you and that that's where everything's going to be. And I went to a state of the state address for the state of athletics in the state of Nevada. And at that meeting, there was a presentation made by our state executive director, uh, Mr. Eddie Bonine, who happens to be the executive director for Louisiana. A uh, very great man. Uh, Great, great man. I uh, learned a lot from him. And uh, I, I believe he is the one who punched my ticket to going through this process and working with the state association more closely. Because at that meeting, he was mentioning some new rules and regulations that were being implemented. And um, Mr. Bonine has a, an incredible uh, cult of personality when he runs a meeting. You just, you just enjoy listening to him uh, because he'll have some great information. And during that meeting, he said the following phrase. And it was this one time at, and then it was the school I worked at, which I will remain anonymous on, wasn't, won't take hard for, you, for our listeners to pick up if they want to know where that was. But he said that like three times. And that made me think, wait a minute, why are, why is our school the purpose or the genesis for a regulation? What did we do wrong? That was my first mistake. It wasn't what we did wrong, is what some of the things we had done right and as a result of the way things were being done, some of the regulations had to be written in that manner. So that got me thinking, well, I want to know what those regulations were. So I started looking at the regulations more closely than just the ones that, that affected me as a coach. And then I started to realize I want to know how they become regulations, uh, what the process was. Um, the, how is the department run? And it was at this time that Mr. McKay was starting to make that impact on me and I started to look at things and uh, that, that start, started me on a path to my master's degree, which I had not attained yet. And then I got it in administration. Um, and then I slowly started to, to continue to, to watch what was going on. I started to, as an administrator, I had a little more latitude with time 
uh, I, I started going to state association meetings. Uh, I wanted to know the agenda. I, I started to follow the agenda, started following the rules. I started traveling to the meetings. Nevada is a very large state. I've often said people forget that there's more to Nevada than just Las Vegas. Uh, we have 119 high schools um, in the entire state, which is not a lot. We're very, we're very dispersed, but they're very, very dynamic in their needs and their requirements. I mean, you go from schools that are hundreds of miles away from any other um, other high school to Las Vegas, where two miles, like throw a rock and hit another school. Uh, so I started attending these meetings and started listening and started picking up on things. And then a principal came into our building, a new principal. And uh, she inherited the athletic department. We were there. And I started talking to her about it. And she was like, well, what can you do to become better? She goes, I think you're great, but why don't you become better than great? And I said, well, I, I, I could start going to more meetings. And I did. And then at the meeting, I heard a presentation from the um, Nevada Athletic Directors Association, NADA. And in that, in that presentation, one of the uh, points was the, the NIAAA conference. Um, I had been to a conference when I was a, a football coach in Texas. I went to Houston to the big football coaches conference they had for the state association. Great, great, great conference. Uh, basketball, all the other sports were there as well. Um, went to a lot of great speakers that talked about running practices and all this. But then when I looked at the NIAA and I triple a, I realized this is, this is beyond that. This is, this is, bigger than just your local. This is this is state. This is national. Um, that same principle then said, well, what do you need to do? How do you get there? And she sent me to my first conference. And I came back. Uh, I am a uh, notebook fanatic. I write everything in notebooks. I, I will tell you that I have on my shelf to my right, every notebook going back probably 20 years. And it's got every note, every phone call, everything. I, I keep it. It's one of my works. But I came back from that first conference with a full notebook of things. I was like, holy cow, this is a whole new world and we can be so much better. And that started me down the process. I took my first class. I think it was 502 because uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, then I became obsessed. Uh, then I realized I, I needed this. This was what I, and I could implement things time and time. I would never attend anything that I couldn't come back and implement. And then um, it forced me to coin a phrase that I use. And, and I'm happy to say that I've seen a couple other people use the same phrase. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And that's what the NIAAA taught me. You need to move forward. We are not a static society in athletics and activities. We are always moving and changing and growing. And I saw that. And I, I parlayed all that information into a my, my CMAA, which I'm very proud of. Uh, very proud when somebody asks me to use it without going for their CMAA. They just want to use the project at their site, which is a point of pride for me. Probably the best thing I did at Durango before I left was make sure my project was implemented and still ongoing five years after I've left. The gentleman still continues to follow it, and I'm happy about that. Um, I became a member of the Board of Control for the State Association. I was the 4A. We, we were Division Four uh, State, uh, even though we have five and six now. But back then, we were four. I was the 4A liaison on the board. I became a voice for the, for the schools in the South. Um, then I was off the board for a while, 
got into this position and then back on the board again. I have recently stepped off the board for a third time. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, that was a choice I made because I needed to refocus. Um, after going to an NIAAA conference, which I do not miss, I came back here and realized I wasn't serving the students of Clark County enough. I was still I was serving, trying to serve two masters and you can't serve two masters. I was either going to be the county representative or Clark County School District. And I decided my focus needed to be on the Clark County School District for a while. So I, I've stepped back in that sense. Um, I have taken my NIAAA trip all the way to, I sit on the certification committee for uh, uh, athletic administrators and directors who are going to take the CAA, CAA exam and then do their CMAA projects, which has opened another door to me. Um, I have built relationships across the country with people who do what I do, but do it better. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't consider myself a top tier in any way, shape or form, because when I sit in the room with these gentlemen and these ladies, I realize, holy cow, they are so much better than I am. But I steal from them every opportunity I get. Uh, and then um, I look forward to the day when I roll off of the NIAAA committees because I'm excited for the people I know will roll on to the committee. Um, they'll come with that same enthusiasm and mine has not waned. I, I still love what I do every day. I don't want to stop doing what I, I do. Uh, I want to do more. And that journey all started because one principal told me to go take a class or Mr. Bonai's comment, this, this regulation is in place. Um, I feather in my own cap. I am proud to say that there are some regulations that I've penned. There are some regulations that I've defended and there's some regulations that I've gone after and had removed. And my name doesn't appear on them. That's not what it's about, but it was good for kids. And it was good for kids in our district and our state. And I think though that part of the journey is is forgotten by people that the the ancillary things you do as you're going down that path that impact kids and impact communities can't be underestimated. You know, I, now that you mentioned it, I think you, um, as I was rolling off certification, uh, uh, I think you were rolling on. Yeah, I, I remember that now. Very cool. Tim, we'll do this at the end of the podcast too, but one of our listeners wants to reach out pick your brain a little bit more. Um, and listeners, I think you've got a great resource here. What's the best way they can get a hold of Tim Jackson? Well, they can email me anytime they want. They can go through the CCSD website, ccsd.net. Make sure it's Clark County and Las Vegas. There are uh, multiple uh, CCSDs out there. Uh, but the CCSD website, uh, you can email me at jacks, J-A-C-K-S-T-J, at nv.ccsd.net. Or you can pick up the cell phone and give me a call. I have no problem putting that out there. Uh, I won't answer if I don't know your name, but I will respond to a text. And if you leave me a message, I will call you back. Then call me at 702-449-0029. Be happy to, to assist them in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and if I can't, I guarantee you I will find somebody who can. Because if I don't know the answer, I know somebody who will. And that, to me, is a very key point in our position. We don't know everything, but we know people who do. Uh, in true athletic director fashion, very well said. And for NIAAA uh, listeners, uh, Tim's information is also available through the NIAAA membership portal. So uh, we're going to take another quick break, but we're coming back with some more great stuff. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. Please stay with us.
We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their tables and their scoreboards in action. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. Just fantastic. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that live web demo today. Sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets online for all your events, not just athletics, but things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And the best part, Hometown is going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager to give you hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. Get started today. Simple and easy online ticketing. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jake. Just wanted to let you know that the Clark County School District's been using hometown ticketing. It was seamless. It was a great, great transition from the paper tickets. Uh, we couldn't be happier. You know, again, thanks so much for sharing that, Tim. Uh, I didn't get a chance to use Hometown. It's the only product uh, that we feature that I didn't use. But I've talked to athletic directors just like you across the country, and they all swear by the Hometown experience. So appreciate you sharing that. Um, Tim, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing some best practices. So uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a second time. What are some things that you do with your schools in Clay County that you're particularly proud of that you would call best practices? You know, um, I think one of the things we do with them is the communication. Um, we're large. I mean, the distance from uh, our widest point is, is hundreds of miles. And you can forget about the schools outside of the, uh, of the city. And you don't want to do that. They're as important as the largest school. So our communication is key, but it has to be relevant, timely, and, and it cannot inundate. Uh, there's nothing worse than an email inbox full of stuff that you don't need, that you don't want to be a part of, that, that doesn't impact you on a daily basis. The streamlining of our communication and our methods of communicating in the last five years and, and I will tell you that this is an outcropping of COVID. COVID made us look back at how we communicated with our schools, transportation, our officials, our community, security, every aspect of the game day operation. From the moment that kid stepped on the campus to the moment that student steps off the campus, what were we doing? How were we saying it? And could we do it in a better manner? I will tell you that the difference between 2018 and 2023 in our communication is completely different. It, they don't even resemble. I look back at some of the older stuff and I'll be like, my gosh, we, we should have had out the Morse code and the that, 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 because I think that's what we were doing. Uh, that's number one. I think that's first and foremost. Number two, when I got my CMAA, and I can't put a date on it, to be honest with you. I was the only active CMAA in the state of Nevada. 
that was it me i had just done it i was and i was i was bragging about it like it was great and then i realized that's really pathetic but we have had an influx of young youthful energy and we have a group of principals in our district right now in our state that see the value in what the what the CMAA carries what the RAA and what the CAA carry they see that value and they're pushing their younger coaches and their younger administrators to go get this CMAA and we have had a, a meteoric rot uh, i'm going to throw a name out and he he's on the other side of this wall uh, Xavier Anthem uh, X is my you know X you're not in your head uh, X is what I would consider my, one of my best friends in the world uh, personally and professionally uh, we are very fortunate to get to work together we'd always planned on this and he is the, the um, he's on section seven uh, as we, we, we he looks very nice in his blue coat we always remind him of that but more importantly he has pushed this very 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 well in the state of Nevada and we are seeing CMAAs all over the place and that's the key because we see that value so i think that is a a one of the um best practices we've had that the educational aspect of our coaches and administrators so communication education and lastly i would tell you this responsibility uh, uh one of our best practices is owning your responsibilities um we schedule out of our office like i said for up to 60 schools um we don't have the capabilities to not be responsible for our choices from a from a I'm talking from a global aspect. I'm not talking about making good choices on the weekend. I'm I'm talking about running an athletic department where you're organized, you're scheduled, you're you're facilitating, you're you're preparing your students and you're filling your obligations to other schools. Uh, we had a, a a large, large proportion of our schools not field programs because they were lacking the organizational dynamic at their school to do such a thing and we've shifted that back from being a centrally dominated to a locally dominated uh scheduling organization that looks at what the value that you bring to your table every single day and i think that was one of the best practices too is taking responsibility if you're going to field a team you're going to take that responsibility that comes with that team the coach the transportation the the officials uh, the, the the cost, all of those things go into creating and running a, a, a successful athletic department were, were centralized and, and there was no impact. When, when you canceled a bus or whatever, but you didn't realize that that bus driver had to be paid. You didn't realize the officials had to be paid. You didn't realize that the kids at the other school didn't get to play a game. And when we turned that around and we started saying, listen, here's what you're, this is what happens when you don't fulfill your obligations take your responsibility, we saw a dramatic shift in the, the number of schedule changes, the number of cancellations, and the number of programs that we're offering going up. Once again, COVID may have been a horrible time for everyone in this country, and I won't downplay that in any way, shape, or form, but I will tell you this, the kids came back with a vengeance. They want to play, and we need to offer, and if you're not organized, your responsibilities are being lost, we miss out. So I would say that would be the third most important thing that we we say our best practice is having your organization. And I don't go into how to organize. That's 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 such a personalized um, technique. I can't tell you that my practice is the best. It works for Tim Jackson. It works for Clark County School District. 
what X does in his office and what I do in my office are completely different, which is why the dynamic in our office works so well because we come from different points. So I, I would say, make sure you're organized, make sure you're responsible. And, and those would be the press. Those would be my best three right there. Oh, again, I appreciate you mentioning uh, the, the CMAA, the importance of the CMAA for the individual as well as for the profession. And you're absolutely right. Uh, I think administrators across the country are, are realizing what a valuable uh, person that is that brings that credential to the job. And it's still uh, a very, um, it, it's an elite accomplishment. It's not an elite group, but the accomplishment, something like 4% of ADs in the United States uh, have attained that. That's how, um, uh, let's say challenging or, uh, you know, it, it's an experiential process as well. Great, great stuff. And you mentioned X, uh, you know, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, he also gave me one of the greatest, uh, um, I, I guess, support items to a presentation, a uh, number of presentations that I use. It's a video of um, a parent, not from his school, but from one of his competing schools. We talk about trying to find the right role for parents. Um, if you're uh, interested, uh, this video clip is actually on YouTube. Um, go to YouTube and type in Del Soul Mama, Del Soul Mama. And it's a great, you're laughing. So I know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it, it's a great example to show to parents and coaches about the importance of finding the right role for your parents. This is a parent that wants to help probably not the best role, but uh, again, Del Sol Mama, check that out. Uh, for our listeners, uh, we're visiting today with Tim Jackson, certified master athletic administrator, and he's the director of athletics for Clark County Schools in Las Vegas, Nevada. We're going to take another break, but we're coming back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to District 1 for their support. I want you all to go to district1.com. That's W-O-N. And you're going to feel like you've won because District 1 offers you fully custom premium uniforms you also get on-time delivery in 20 business days or less. And here's the best part. You can order one-at-a-time replacements, so you'll never need to replace a full set of uniforms just because you need to order, you know, one or two. Stop dealing with late deliveries and go to district1.com. Once again, that's W-O-N. Click the Team Gear button for your free quote at district1.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. They're going to help you celebrate your school's diverse history, your proudest moments, and your top role models in athletics, academics, and the arts. They really do allow you to tell more compelling stories and help bring your school's legacy to life. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast and you'll get a nice discount. vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're visiting today with Tim Jackson, Certified Master Athletic Administrator from the Clark County School District in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Tim, you and I were talking during the break, and you've got something that you're passionate about. Uh, can you share that with our listeners? Uh, well, yeah, I am a little bit passionate, probably a little bit over the edge on it some of the time. I, I will be honest with you. Um, you know, I came from a, a, a background, a uh, family dynamic, where um, I had a father who had polio when he was uh, a youth. He uh, lost some of the muscle control of his body and was unable to participate in sports. And he was a large man. And when I say large, he was Swedish and all that entails. Uh, six foot four plus, 290 pounds, solid rock, steel worker. You get the image of what I'm talking about. A, a, a guy with the right tools could have been the, the most amazing athlete. I, without a doubt, I don't doubt it. He had an incredible hand-eye coordination uh, because, you know, I, I was the uh, recipient of it. So I always laugh that my dad was was a, was a an athlete who didn't have any guidance and, and didn't understand what tools he had at, at his, at his um, disposal. Uh, growing up um, in that kind of a dynamic, there was an expectation of success. You will do this. You will be good at this. Um, and, and I have no problem with that. But looking back on it, um, there, there, there is a reason that some of the things in my family dynamic happened the way they did. And um, I, I'm passionate about breaking that cycle. Um, I was not the best athlete in my school. I probably wasn't the best athlete in my position on the football field. And I know I wasn't close to being a college caliber athlete, looking back at that now, realizing I, I was clueless as to what that meant. But I had no guidance in that sense. My parents were not college educated. There was nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to display that, but dismay that. But they had a vision of me going to college, which I'm glad they had. They drove me that direction. But at the same time, what it resulted in is is the fact that I have a, a daughter that I raised completely different than the way I was raised because of that. And I'm passionate about breaking that cycle of, of mandatory success in athletics because winning is not everything. Winning is nothing. It, it doesn't matter. What matters is the experience and the growth and the development of you as a person on those fields of play. My best coaches were not driven by wins and losses. Those occurred because of what happened at practice, in the classroom, in the weight room, amongst our teammates, the relationships that we built. Um, I worked my, my career that from that perspective. I want kids to have the best experience possible. Winning is a byproduct of that. Losing is a byproduct of that. Teaching student athletes or kids to win at all costs sets them up for epic failure. And I believe we're going to have a generation coming forth that doesn't know how to deal with adversarial relationships. You don't get along with everybody in the world and they don't have to like you. I can tell you for a fact, there were times when I was in a football huddle when a guy next to me holding my hand as a teammate, I did not like the guy. He didn't like me. But for those 48 minutes of that 12-minute quarter, four times, we were a team. We were one. And we learned how to work together, whether we won or lost. So I think that's one of those things I'm passionate about and always will be, that we provide opportunities for our kids. We take the pressure off to win at all costs. And we enjoy what we're doing. In the words of Tom Hanks, if it were easy, everybody would do it. And it's not. And that's what makes it so great. 
but these uh, I, I'm going to delve into another area that really kind of rattles my chain. And that would be the club coach influence in that, that you have to do this. You have to, no, no, you don't. You don't. You can enjoy sports without being in a club. You don't need to. Uh, that and that's being lost, and I and I want to break that cycle. I'm very very passionate about that. I think now, if I look back, if I were a stronger youth, if I were strong, I would have stood up to my father and my my fam my family and said to them, "Hey, listen, football's great, but coach isn't 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 as crazy about it as you guys. He he wants us to do great and win, but he wants us to do great in other aspects of it. You're the only ones worried about." You know, we got to have the 30 minute conversation after the game about what went right and what went wrong. Uh, conversations that never occurred in my generation to my child. We, we talked about her experience that day. Hey, what, what did you enjoy yourself? Was there anything you can work on to get better? What would you do differently? What was great? What was bad? What was, what was, what, but we never talked about the win or the loss. We talked about the experience. You know, and that's I, I want to break that cycle. And that's what I hope I'm doing in this in this role. It's not about wins and losses anybody cares about. It's about the experience. And I prattled on. I apologize. No, not at all. Um, and again, people that have been in in our business, in our profession for a while, um, some realize it early in their careers. Some don't realize it until later. Um, but uh there's a lot of ways to measure success. We all want to win. Uh, you know, we want to win games. We want to hang those banners, but uh, again, it's, you know, winning the hearts and minds of the kids that we're working with, uh, you know, seeing the growth. Uh, and, and I know that you realize this uh, and it's played out for your schools that if you do the right things, if you build those relationships, if you coach kids the right way, the wins are going to come. Okay. And if they don't, you're still winning. Okay. You know, uh, pre really appreciate you sharing that. Tim, this has been pretty cool. Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I want to throw out an example. Um, and, and this was a prime example. This is a great example in my book. And I apologize for not bringing you up earlier. Um, there was a, a few years back, probably 10 years back, I had two programs that had two great coaches. Um, one experienced postseason success. And went very deep in the playoffs. Uh, I want to. I want to tell you that they might have competed at the state tournament at the end. I'm not going to swear to it at this moment. And the other one had a losing record, didn't qualify for the postseason. The team that had the success had zero post-secondary kids. None. No kid came off of that program and went to the next level. They, they, their high school career was done. They moved on. They were done. The other coach who had a, what would be statistically a terrible year had nine kids go play at the next level. And I'll tell you what the difference was. At the beginning of the season, that coach sat down with each kid and each parent and said, this is what my goal for you is as a player. What is your goal as a family? And those parents said, we want them to continue their career at the next level in some manner, not full ride, just continue to do this because we see the benefit of it. And he said, well, then are you prepared to sacrifice wins and losses to get to where you want to be? Because we're going to have to work on things that don't 
translate to wins and losses. They translate to you being a better player and the game being a better game for you. And then as a team, they bought in, 100% bought in. Not one parent complaint, not one parent coming in saying, listen, they're the worst baseball team out there. I just said this before. They're the worst baseball team out there this year. Why aren't they winning more games when all these kids are going to the next level? Because they weren't worried about winning the games. They were worried about building their program in the right way. And I, I, I tell people, I wouldn't fire either one of them. I would have never fired either coach because both coaches took their programs the direction that the program needed to go. But one, one program statistically looked like it should have failed and he should have been fired. And, and I, they didn't understand what was going on. And I think that right there is the epitome of what I'm talking about. It, it, you can run it the right way. You can do it the right way. You can build it. And those kids went on. Some of them went to junior college. Some of them went to division two. Some of them decided, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I've played enough baseball. I, I want to do something else. So it, it doesn't matter about the wins and losses. It depends on what you're building and why you're building it. Uh, again, a absolutely. Just another example of, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of times, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. Okay? Yeah. Very good stuff. Tim, again, this has been so cool spending some time with you, hearing about your program, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. And you've already established, you certainly know your way around the world of high school athletics, but we're going to take our final break. We're going to hear from Athletic Surveys, who sponsor our toolbox segment. When we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So uh, let's take that final break, and when we come back, we're going to find out what Tim Jackson is going to put in his new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic Surveys also allows you to hear from not just the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything, Athletic Surveys connects you with that 2%, but also connects you with the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with that frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them create a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. That is my collection. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Tim Jackson, a certified master athletic administrator. Uh, Tim's got an incredible athletic background, but right now I'm going to task him with sending out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. So, Tim, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Well, obviously, they're going to need a craftsman, major craftsman toolbox, um, and we're only going to put in the three. Uh, I will tell you, it's the philosophy of our office that when there is a new athletic director, that we 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 meet with them. Um, does it occur all the time? No, sometimes it's in a large meeting, but we do meet with them. And I will tell you that we we discussed this very, very aspect about what, what, the, what tools are you bringing in your toolbox, and I'm going to give you my three here that I would re recommend. 
the first one I give them is more philosophical. Um, ask questions. You don't know what you don't know, and I don't know what you don't know. Those that that right there is the number one pitfall, I believe, to any athletic director. When I became an athletic director, I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, I was an athletic director in a small school when we moved back to Ohio, as I discussed earlier, and I didn't understand the dynamic of the community. And the things I did, I was basing them off of my own experience. Perception is reality. And you need to ask questions and never, ever let anybody tell you it was a stupid question. There are no stupid questions. There are only stupid people. And they're the ones telling you to stop asking stupid questions. They're not stupid. Um, I firmly believe you need to ask as many as possible. They, 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 they never stop coming forward. I've been in this role for 25 years and I still roll my chair out the door and yell down the hall. I have a question and I don't know the answer. So we always need to be moving forward or we're moving backwards, as I said earlier, but ask those questions. That's the first, first tool in the toolbox is the ability to ask a question. And understand that the follow-up question is not an indictment of your, your question. It's more of maybe I need a little clarification. Second one is communicate, communicate, communicate. You know what you think you are saying, but the way you're saying it may not be in the manner in which they, they want to hear it. These cell phones while they are the bane of our existence, have opened up a plethora of communication options. Use them. Find the one that works best for you, but also works best for your community. If your community is uh, financially strapped or socioeconomically they aren't where some of the other communities are, the parents may not have a cell phone in their hand. The kid will, but the parent may not. So you may not be communicating with the parent in the manner you think. Uh, transient rate. That's something that I don't know if any community deals with as much as Clark County does. We have a 33% transient rate in our community. You, you put that into perspective. You have a classroom of 30 kids. 10 of them are going to leave and 10 more are going to move in in the course of a year. You may not be communicating with the same people. So make sure whatever method you're using for communication works. And the only way to verify that communication is working is with follow-up. If you send out something and you don't hear enough, follow up, but always communicate and communicate effectively. And the last thing I'm going to tell them is the thing I fail at the most, and I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, is take the time for your family. Um, I told you my daughter's my mentor, and without a doubt. And one of the things she said to me when she graduated from high school, I asked her the following question. She just had gone through her ceremony, cap and gown. Everybody was happy. We're in the car. It's just her and I driving back. Her mom was with her grandparents in another car. And I said to her, you just create, you just finished your high school career. Any regrets? Now looking back. And she said, only one dad. And she didn't come from a place of, of anger. She came from a place of love. And she said, I just wish you didn't have to spend so much time with other people's children than your own. And bam, you talk about a moment of your heart just broke. And then she followed up by saying, but they needed you. And so I got, she understood what she was saying. But at that moment, I realized we need to take time for our families. Our families are, are vested in this. So as a young athletic director, remember your family is vested with you. They want to see you successful. That's why they're your family. 
but they also deserve you. So take that time, turn the phone off, shut the computer down, go home, eat dinner, turn your phone off at dinner. Little things that make a very big impact with your family are very, very important. If I could go back now, I would change the time dynamic in my own because it was self-imposed. There, there was nothing happening on Sunday afternoon at four o'clock that required my attention at that moment. But I, but I felt like I had to be there 24-7 and you don't. You need to be there for the job, for the commitment, for the lifestyle. But at the same time, the people who are there to support you deserve your love and attention as well. So give it to them, include them, bring them along, take them for the ride, go to the game with them. But whatever the case may be, make time for your loved ones. And I, I think that would be the third thing. So actually, you're not really putting anything in your toolbox that I gave you physically. It's all it's all mental, uh, philosophical. But those would be the big three that I would say are most important as I meet with younger athletic directors and administrators. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as I look back, uh, you know, that's, you know, one of the things that I know I, I brought the job home too many times. You know, our kids all did sports. My wife was a coach. So, I mean, it was part of our lifestyle, but there were too many times I was an AD instead of just being a dad. So, uh, Appreciate you sharing that very important tool. Tim, one more time. Uh, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit. Listeners, I think you got a great resource here. What's the best way they can get a hold of you? I think email probably be the most effective because I, I, I obviously read that every day. Uh, they can reach me at uh, Jax, J-A-C-K-S-T-J, Timothy John, at NV for Nevada dot ccsd clark county school district.net uh once you also mentioned that it's on the um niaa contact information that's there it's also on the ccsd.net website athletics you can reach out through that um and if you want you can pick up the phone i have no problem giving out my cell number um once again as i said earlier don't answer unrecognized numbers leave me a message i'll be glad to call you back uh, or you can shoot me a text 702-449-0029 and I'd be happy to communicate, work with you in any way, shape, or form. And I'll be honest with you, I'll probably pick more of your brain than you will of mine because I'm always looking for things to do that make it better for our kids here in Clark County School District in Las Vegas, Nevada. In in true athletic director uh, fashion, you know, we're always uh, stealing, borrowing, sharing ideas. Tim Jackson, thanks so much for uh, sharing with our listeners today and all the best, uh, you know, as the summer months uh, take over. Thank you. I appreciate it. And once again, anybody needs anything, I'd be glad to help. And if you can tell me how to do something better, I'll be glad to steal it. Again, thanks so much for sharing. For our listeners, uh, we do this just about every day and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. Uh, come back next time for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.